Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You are listening to the One Good Scare podcast with Natalie Zamora and Max Mallow. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of the One Good Scare podcast. I'm Natalie Zamora and I'm here with Max Mallow and we have a review for you today. Not American Horror Story, but a movie that debuted a few weeks ago on HBO Max and in theaters, which is Malignant. Yes, one of the most anticipated releases of the Halloween season, of course. Uh, Obviously this came out in September, but you know, as soon as... September hits for a lot of people. It's like, okay, cool. Time to put out the pumpkins. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, if you're celebrating Halloween already, no shame. And honestly, good for you because it's one of the best holidays of the year. Um, but yeah, this is uh, the new film from James Wan, uh, a movie that I thought was going to be completely different mm-hmm. uh, when, you know, getting ready to sit down and watch it. And it's a movie that I hope everyone else takes the same. Uh, you know, point of view on before. Don't read much about it. Just go in, sit down, and watch it because I feel like that'll make your experience even better. Because it is, it's certainly something. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I watched the trailer and read you know the synopsis, but that gives absolutely nothing away. And I watched the movie. I think like a week after it came out, so I did see not spoilers, but I saw reviews of like this movie is insane, the ending is crazy, like, stay around for the third act. So I went into it thinking that it was going to be boring up until the end, which definitely is not the case. But just everything that happened, I was not, I was not prepared for. Agreed. And it's definitely one of the most original movies that I've seen in a while, which James Wan, over the past decade, really, um, has obviously become one of the most popular horror directors in the entire world but also when you look at it in terms of the the, the big ones that have really taken off i mean insidious was an original story that he made mm-hmm. uh the conjuring as well obviously conjuring has uh some basis that the the movie was was written about but very original as well and and kind of it'd be interesting to go back and look at it in terms of the whole paranormal genre because it was definitely saturated at that time and probably oversaturated mm-hmm. and the conjuring stands out and as well as two and um the devil made me do it yeah that's what it's yeah. called um mm-hmm. as you know flagships in that specific subgenre of horror so when you know you're like a new movie from James Wan you're like okay cool can't wait I'm I'm already excited for it and this is definitely the, the the craziest one of those three. Like Insidious is definitely out there in terms of mm-hmm. um, its its specific horror and and the scares that are are put into the movie. But um, this one is that that third act, which we will definitely talk <laughs> about, um, 
in depth is crazy and like I had a smile on my face just like laughing the entire time which is not a bad thing it was just that it was so crazy that I was like this is awesome sure whatever go with it yeah I agree it's definitely very ambitious so you can't you know knock him for that um but yeah James Wan so he's such an original filmmaker Insidious like you said really really um original and and a new take on a supernatural um horror movie which I love those movies um so yeah I was hyped for this and still don't really know how I feel I mean I don't know yeah, no, I'm in the same boat as you. I don't know if it's like, and we and we'll talk about it more as we yeah. get into our review later on. But I don't know if I hate it, yeah. or I love it, or if it's somewhere in the middle where it's like I love the things that I hate about it, and also I hate the things that I love about the movie. Like if you listen to our Army of the Dead review from the summer when that came out, you know my entire speech during that entire review is <laughs> I want to love you movie but you're just doing things that make me not want to love you this yeah. I'm just like I don't know I, I, and it's it, it's not a bad thing I, I actually really like that my opinion on this is still up in the air and I feel like it's a movie in a couple years that we'll look back on and be like no that was really good we just didn't know how to I guess interpret it or, or take it in at the time but I also, you know, not to fret for everybody who was looking forward to more reviews of the American Horror Story season, we will catch up to it. Either we'll do like a um, uh, one episode where we just recap the last mm-hmm. couple of episodes because, of course, that first half Red Tide has finished. I have not seen the end of it yet. And I was like, we have to review Malignant before we do anything yeah. else. <laughs> I know. There are just too many October releases September and October we still need to review Midnight Mass because I absolutely need to and then we're gonna have Halloween Kills there's gonna be so many Day of the Dead show so yeah we have a lot of good content so I guess we can get into Malignant after we go through our news for this week of course it is time for our weekly I thought you're gonna take that from me you're gonna take my (laughs) I was about to and then I was like oh no Max has it I'll just just it. If I do anything for the show, it's this opening, like, segment line. <laughs> Other than that, if no one else enjoys my takes, at least, hopefully, they enjoy this. Because it's time for the weekly Horror News Roundup, where Natalie Scott the internet for everything you need to know when it comes to horror news. Uh, the first piece uh, is something that I also caught on social media, and we didn't talk about it, but mm-hmm. it's a poster for a new movie coming out of uh, Blumhouse. Mm-hmm. And the director of Sinister and Doctor Strange, Mr. Scott Derrickson, who is... Um, I I don't want to call him like like a like someone's like a what, what do you call it um, like an indie darling people love him because they mm-hmm. don't you know he's not doing movies every other year etc cetera, etc cetera. but I mean Sinister he's a well known name because of Sinister and Doctor Strange and mm-hmm. he was talking about making Doctor Strange two which is coming out next year more of a horror movie and people were yeah. super excited for that. But he was taken off the project, and now Sam Raimi's directing it, who also, in his own right, is a great horror director. And, of course, Spider-Man. So, still super excited for it, but Scott Derrickson is a name um, that I was extremely excited to see. Uh, has a new movie coming out, and it's called The Black Phone. And the poster for it, uh, with the lead actor, Ethan Hawke, uh, is he's in some kind of get-up. He's got a top hat, he's got glasses, and a freaky looking mask 
in this like black leather jacket, red turtleneck get up and I don't know what this is going to be about but the poster looks really cool yeah I agree Ethan Hawke is definitely unrecognizable in this poster I had to stare at it for a few minutes just trying to comprehend that that was him but yeah the mouthpiece that he's wearing it reminds me of like the clown from American Horror Story Twisty or yeah the big thing that he had scary um But yeah, I feel like this movie snuck up on us a little bit. We've talked about it a little bit, but it's coming out in January. Um, And I'm looking at this movie web article right now that reported on the poster. And it has a quote from Jason Blum that says, The Black Phone is definitely one of the creepiest movies we've ever done. Scott thinks it's his best movie. Interesting. Very interesting. There's a lot of hype around that. I mean, I love Doctor Strange as a Marvel movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, people might have it in their top five uh it's probably in mine honestly i really like it and sinister the original is one of the best horror movies i i think of our lifetimes it's i think it if it's it might even be underrated it's really good the lawnmower scene Uh, chef's kiss i might need to watch it i wonder where it's streaming but he also which i didn't realize because this movie came out when we were younger um, Scott Derrickson directed The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which is such a good uh, movie. Oh, I didn't know that. From 2005, yeah. I loved that movie growing up. Such a good one. Yeah, so this, the thing I like about that quote that you read is that it, it's his, uh, it's one of the creepiest movies that Blumhouse has ever done, mm-hmm. which I think I'm just in the mood for a creepy movie. doesn't need to be scary. doesn't <laughs> need to be like jump scares. I want something like unsettling that mm-hmm. I watch it and I'm like, okay, I feel really uncomfortable. Perfect. Like, I I don't know anything about this movie, but that quote puts me in the right mindset of like, great, when is this coming out? Is it on streaming? Are we going to review it? Probably. (laughs) Um, And the film also stars uh, James Ransone, who people should know from Chapter 2, and also, I believe he was in either Sinister 1 or Sinister 2 as well. I think he was the, the sheriff in that movie? Oh, yeah. I think I think he was in both of them, actually. I think he might have been, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, Blumhouse is on a crazy, crazy streak right now. Like, Invisible Man was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, was it last year, two years ago now? I know, it's been a long time. 2019? 2019 or 20? Yeah, I don't even remember. Um, 2020 is a blur. Yeah. Let's just forget about it. Um, like, even the movies listed in uh, this movie web article, I mean, Paranormal Activity, which we'll get to later on in the segment, uh, <laughs> Insidious, we already talked about it, The Purge, Split, Get Out, Happy Death Day, Halloween, Us, The Invisible Man, like, all movies that were box office hits, and people mm-hmm. really, really enjoyed them. And if this is another original property that is on some level close to sinister because i don't think it'll be in the same type of paranormal mm-hmm. kind of horror um based on the poster i guess um and also the this uh description here where ethan hawk is apparently playing this this killer known as the grabber um mm-hmm. so it, it might get up there and, and just add to another uh, another movie to the list of blumhouse's extremely impressive resume uh over the past couple of years Yeah, I'm hype. I'm excited for a trailer. And we do have a synopsis here. I can read it. So the black phone follows an abducted boy 
locked in a basement that's stained with the blood of half a dozen other murdered children. In the cellar with him is an antique telephone long since disconnected, but rings at night, which calls from the dead. Okay. Maybe there is a bit of paranormal to it. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. A little bit, but the poster just looks like a creepy man who steals children. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm so upset that Scott Derrickson doesn't get to make this movie, this Doctor Strange movie, because I, I think it would have been awesome to just have a horror movie in the middle of the MCU mm-hmm. and and how that reflects on all the other movies that they're planning on making. Like, I'm not upset that Sam Raimi is doing it, because obviously Sam Raimi is one of the greats, but there's a part of me that was like, I really wish Scott Derrickson was still attached to this movie. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, so super excited for the Black Phone. As more information comes out on it, trailers, etc., we'll be sure to cover it on the podcast. Uh, but next up, for all you Teen Wolf fans out there, uh, a bit of Paramount Plus news is that there's going to be a reunion movie coming out on the streaming service. And um, I was never a Teen Wolf guy, but I know that Tyler Posey is very popular. I know that Dylan O'Brien is very popular. I know mm-hmm. Holland Roden is really popular. Um, and I, bl- I saw it on her Instagram story, I think, or feed, or ex- I don't use Instagram a lot, and I don't post on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I manage to find any bit of news on Instagram, I, I'm like, great job, myself. You you did it. You used something out of the norm. Um, but, yeah, give me the lowdown on this. Were you a Teen Wolf fan? I was a Teen Wolf fan in the beginning. I definitely was all, all over the hype in high school. Um, and then I kind of fell off it. It ran for a little bit too long. But... There are some really good, you know, like you said, actors and characters in the show, and it's still super, super popular. I always see on Twitter people rallying for a new season of Teen Wolf and everything like that all these years later. Um, But, yeah, so it looks like some of the original cast members are supposed to return. We don't know who yet, but in uh, the logline, they mentioned Scott McCall, who is Tyler Posey, so we can assume he's going to return Everyone wants Dylan O'Brien to return, but it is not confirmed yet, so we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I'm surprised I never... I, I think I tried to watch the show when it finished airing, and I was like, I couldn't get into it. I was more of a mm-hmm. va- vampire fan than a werewolf vampire fan. Vampire Diaries. Exactly. Uh, but uh, Tyler Posey has a pop punk band, I believe, mm-hmm. and Dylan O'Brien is a huge Mets fan. So You're those, a fan of both For those who know anything about me, those two things are like... <laughs> like great let's be best friends um so yeah maybe i'll i'll try to pick it up though the last mtv show i watched was scream (laughs) i never watched that there's a couple moments throughout the first season where i'm like yo this is amazing like Mm -hmm. i'm actually really impressed with this and then i I watched it just because i love scream it's my favorite horror movie of all time so we will uh we'll keep you up to date with more information on that as well so I guess for all the the Teen Wolf fans out there I'm sure they're excited about this I mean you know it's the time to bring back all of these old shows like obviously we had El Camino come out which was the epilogue to Breaking Bad Dexter New Blood is coming out Mm -hmm. I guess now we have the Teen Wolf reboot what's next uh uh, True Blood of course is is talking about a reboot and stuff like that at some point yeah who knows uh (laughs) It's only a matter of time until someone remakes Twilight as a movie. Oh, I know. It'll happen in our lifetime, I'm sure. Definitely. Like, the beloved story from Stephanie Meyer brought back to the screen, and everyone's like, oh my god. <laughs> we'll, like, have kids and, like, make our kids watch it. 
Like, you have no idea the influence this had on us. Right. Oh, my God. Um, and, yeah, the final piece of news also related to Paramount Plus and a story that we've kind of been tracking uh, over the past couple of months is that there's a new Paranormal Activity movie coming out, and it's coming to Paramount Plus, and we have now have a title, and we have a 30-second teaser. Uh, it is called Paranormal Activity Next of Kin. There's not much information <laughs> divulged in the teaser other than some some kids singing a song, a mm-hmm. creepy song, and there's uh, some... Some creepy handicam footage and found footage and stuff like that. So, Paranormal Activity's back, confirmed, uh, and it's it's coming now in October. Yeah, the teaser didn't really give me anything, like you said, super short and, you know, nothing really revealed there. But I'm excited to watch this just because it is coming to streaming. So, you know, easy to watch a fun Friday night movie. Um, and, you know, the franchise has... It's ups and downs, some good ones, some bad ones, but I don't know. I don't really have too much expectations, but I'm definitely going to watch it. Um, Written by Christopher Landon, who we're definitely a fan of, um, who wrote Freaky, Happy Death Day. Um, He's great. And directed by William Eubank, who I think we talked about this in another episode, is the director of Underwater, that movie with Kristen Stewart, which I didn't really like, but I kind of just didn't like the story. It wasn't really the directing, so... Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if like found footage movies have like run their course. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Though, like, I remember going back and watching Wreck and Quarantine. Mm. I uh, it was it was it uh, Dead Meat. Uh, James covered the Wreck series uh, during last year and. After watching, you know, usually I watch a kill count. I'm like, okay, cool. I want to go watch that movie. It's kind of mm-hmm. counterintuitive to like watch the movie and how it everything ends, and then go back and watch it. Yeah. Um, but I did, uh, I did go back and watch those. Like, the the original wreck compared to quarantine. Like, I don't think those movies get enough credit in terms of yeah. found footage and everything like that. Of course, there's Blair Witch Project as well. But I think from our childhoods we all remember paranormal activity in high school being like the one and the the big series mm-hmm. but horror has evolved and changed a lot over the past couple of years and you know i think we're kind of heading into a or in the middle of a resurgence of slasher movies obviously mm-hmm. halloween doing so well halloween kills uh five cream aka scream five <laughs> aka just scream uh coming out and uh, i know what you did last summer getting rebooted like Mm-hmm. It's only a matter of time until Nightmare and Friday get remade again. Um, even I think a Friday remark, Friday rework remake is in <laughs> is in the works, right? Um, I don't know because let me see. Well, wasn't there one being like I don't know why wasn't there like a f- I don't know if it's like my brain connecting two things that aren't related at all, but I could have sworn that there was. Is it the Netflix one? Maybe. I'm not sure, but it's only a matter of time. And mm-hmm. people, the the people didn't like the Nightmare remake, which I didn't yeah. mind. I thought Jackie Earl Haley was a good Freddy Krueger in place of Robert Englund. But of course, Rob is the the OG, the number one. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, what what other slasher movies can get rebooted? Urban Legend, that's one. That's a great one. I, we need um, we need a cabin in the woods type slasher movie 
Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say a reboot. I'm like, that one's not that old. No, you can't reboot that. <laughs> you can't reboot something as meta as that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, who knows if this Paranormal Activity movie is going to be good and how connected it'll be or if it's going to be just a whole new tale of, like, don't don't even remember Katie and, and Micah. Those people don't exist. I know. Yeah, I'm interested. Also, so the Netflix show or movie is the Texas Chainsaw. Yes, Chainsaw's coming out as yeah. well. And the, I think the Friday the 13th, I think they've been trying to reboot or whatever, but they still have all the legal issues. There you have it. It just, you know, Eventually. I'm sure them, I'm sure half of these movies will be remade at least two times in our entire lifetime. Mm-hmm. Like, it'll be 2100 and we'll be 100 years old and it'll be Scream <laughs> again. So, oh man, we'll we'll probably watch Paranormal Activity. We'll probably review it unless it's. Mm-hmm. Re- I won't. I would say unless it's really bad. But like, if it's really bad, we're definitely well, gonna want to review it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. If we're totally indifferent and just have nothing to say about it, then we won't. But totally fair. Yeah. Not the case. Uh, so yeah, that's your weekly horror news roundup. Let us know what you're most excited about. I think both of us are very intrigued in the Black Phone and what that's mm-hmm. gonna bring. Um, but. Yeah, let us know. And now it's time for our review of Malignant. Yes, I'm excited to get into this. So before we do, let's take our first quick break and then we'll be right back. Okay, so like we said, this movie Malignant is from director James Wan. The screenplay was written by Kayla Cooper and it's based on a story by James Wan, his wife Ingrid Bisu, and Kayla Cooper who wrote the screenplay. Um, and we have the return of a horror actress, Annabelle Wallace, um, and she plays the role of Madison Lake. And I like her. I think she's a pretty good actress. Yeah. Um, as, we'll, as we'll talk about it, some of her dialogue yeah. isn't the best. Um, I don't like the dialogue in this movie in general. Yeah. And that was part of it was like, I texted you. Mm-hmm. And I texted my other friend Nick when I was watching with my girlfriend, and and before this, me and her were both just like, "This is bad. Like this is bad, right? Like mm-hmm. this is a really bad. Like like the dialogue sucks." Mm-hmm. And you were like, "How far are you in?" And I was like, "I don't know, like halfway." And mm-hmm. you're just like, "Just just wait, just wait." And my friend Nick, who was really excited to see this movie as well, was like, "Don't tell me anything, but like mm-hmm. all I've heard is that it's supposed to be campy and bad on purpose." And I'm like, yeah, okay. But the the dueling discussion my girlfriend and I had during the entire movie was like, has this gone past bad for bad sake and is just bad? Yeah. Or is it just campy? And the one thing I I don't think we can forgive is the dialogue at times yes. in this movie. It's really bad. I agree, and I'm I feel the same exact way. I'm like, is it bad to be bad and fun, or is it just bad? So I think, too, we kind of get most of the scenes are very kind of exaggerated and establish this world super early on. So the opening scene is a flashback to 1993. Um, We're introduced to a character named Dr. Florence Weaver, um, and she's treating this mysterious and scary patient named Gabriel at a research hospital where she's working with, you know, her crew fellow doctors and researchers um and something supernatural is going on it's this creature thing they're trying to treat um definitely doesn't look human but 
he's able to speak and they're like, oh my God, he's broadcasting his thoughts through through the speaker. And I just thought that this was a pretty fast pace and it opened up the movie well, just to kind of introduce us to what vibe and tone we're gonna get for the rest of the movie. Um, we get then Dr. Florence Weaver having her iconic line that is repeated multiple times through the movie. It's time we cut out the cancer. Then we cut to the opening credits that are just very, I don't know, exaggerated. Very exaggerated. Yeah. Um, this scene reminded me of the hospital scene in Invisible Man mm-hmm. when um, the Invisible Man is. <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything. If you haven't seen that movie, right. I don't want. That's like one movie I won't spoil for anybody. Go watch it. It's fantastic. Um, also, a little bit of like Terminator 2 Judgment Day when they're going through the jail cell. Um, with uh, the the liquid Terminator, um, but yeah, it's right from the get go, high octane, super exaggerated stuff going on here, and you know you hear this line, it's time to cut out the cancer, and you're like, oh, the movie's called Malignant. I know malignant tumors are a thing. Mm-hmm. Ooh, like what's going on here? Is it a disease or something? Like ooh, I'm I'm, I'm intrigued. Let's let's yeah. let's get right into it. And it cuts right from that uh, to modern time after our open credits 27 years later where we meet our main character Madison uh, who is pregnant uh, as she gets home to her husband Derek and right away uh, the two get into a fight the dialogue here again is it's this is where I was like this is weird this is like yeah. this is bad like I can obviously understand the opening like cold open where it's just like crazy like you don't know what's going on like there's this like mysterious voice like talking through the radio and you're like hokey dokey James Wan take me on your magical journey Um, but right away like Derek is just a complete dick Um, they obviously Mm -hmm. do not have a healthy relationship he's like scolding her for her uh, like the miscarriages she's had and stuff like Mm -hmm. that um, and then uh, through the argument, it gets physical. He pushes her into a wall. She slams the back of her head on it. Um, end up either cracking her head open, or you don't really know in the beginning. Uh, but she ends yeah. up bleeding from the back of it, and there's a big dent in the wall. So, not a healthy relationship here whatsoever. Uh, which leads immediately uh, into a nighttime scene where uh, Derek is sleeping on the couch and Madison is sleeping upstairs in her bedroom and things immediately get creepy. Yeah, definitely. And I like how we're introduced to kind of the villain of the film pretty early on. Um, Like you said, Derek is downstairs. He goes into the kitchen and there's like a blender that's on for whatever reason. Um, He goes to check it out and he's eventually uh, attacked with someone with long hair. Definitely looks like a woman, um, but you don't ever see the face. And this scene was really good. I thought that each of the action kill scenes were really well done. Definitely that signature James Wan, you know, over the top and very, very bloody and gory, which I appreciate. So um, I really like the scene. I think that, you know, we don't really beat around the bush in this movie. Things happen really fast. And that kind of goes for, you know, Derek's death scene. He is killed. Yeah, this movie is in my opinion, very well paced. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not too fast and it's not slow, uh, yeah. which I really like. So good point about that. And the um, the opening scene also kind of leads you in a different direction 
or sorry, this this first scene in the house leads you in a different direction to what's going on in the hospital, because mm-hmm. it's like very strange. You don't know what exactly is going on between like this the silhouette you see of this this character Gabriel in the beginning is very like alien looking. Um, mm-hmm. It's got like gangly arms. It's it's a very strange looking creature that you have no clue mm-hmm. what it exactly looks like, and the the force that is attacking Derek and Madison in their home um, looks a little bit supernatural, looks a little bit um, mm-hmm. like uh, like I'm picturing like uh, Sam- what, Samara, is that her name? What from uh, Oh, from The Ring? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a, a lot of misdirection early on. Um, mm-hmm. But this was awesome and then as it as the rest of the scene plays out in the aftermath of it, Derek's death is f- f- fucking gory as hell. Yeah, and I loved every minute of it. Oh, it was great. His head's like bent over like a pole or something like that, and the co- it's it's super gross, and you don't get like a really good look at it, but yeah, you definitely see it, and it's uh, it's not pretty, but um, this leads us to the introduction of our um, our police characters, um, uh, m- most notably. Uh, Kakoa, aka K, um, who is played by George Young. Um, he's kind of the 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 good guy of the movie. He's trying to mm-hmm. figure out what's best. And after after watching Fear Street, I'm like, okay, maybe you're bad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, she wakes up in a hospital. Uh, Madison and her sit uh, her sister Sydney is there, who's played by Maddie ha- uh, Hassan. Hassan. Yeah. Sorry if I pronounced the name incorrectly. Um, but uh, yeah, and she gets the news broken to her that uh, unfortunately her baby uh, that she was carrying did not survive the the physical altercation and the the attack from this mysterious monster uh, that broke into her home, and she's immediately drawn to tears. It's very, oh, it's a lot in the mm-hmm. first twenty minutes of the movie. Definitely a lot. Yeah, I agree, and I think. You know, her reaction is obviously something that's realistic. That's a very traumatic experience. Um, And, yeah, it's just every scene, I think, is very heightened in either emotion, blood and gore, or just both. Probably just both every scene. So, I mean, I appreciate it. It keeps the tone. For sure. Um, And, yeah, the I mentioned uh, Kakoa and his partner, Regina Moss, who... uh, run very parallel to the story as it's going on told from mm-hmm. from Madison's point of view but these two together are awesome I love their dynamic uh Kakoa definitely gives off the vibe of like I, I think like the coroner is like you know she has a crush on him or something like that and she's like Kakoa come check this out it's so cool and <laughs> and uh Regina Moss is very much like by the books straightforward yeah. like no nonsense no BS and I like their dynamic a lot and I like both of those characters they were uh, two of my favorites in the entire movie um, and their introduction like I mentioned uh, is interviewing Madison on on what really happened and uh, you know from there you, you think the movie's going one way and yeah. and I want to say you know you know when when the movie zigs or you expect it to zig it zags no this movie it's all it goes all over the place it's it's a windy road 
Yes, and I think there are some, even though I don't like the dialogue, I think there are some parts of the dialogue that seem really random, but then once you watch the movie, it's like, oh, okay, I guess that was on purpose, even though it sounded really awkward. Um, like, for example, uh, later on, when Madison is home um, and kind of, you know, healing from, from being in the hospital, uh, Sydney comes and visits her and makes sure she's doing okay, and Madison drops this big reveal that she was adopted when she was um, eight years old, which Sydney did not know. And it's kind of a jarring scene because she just kept saying, you know, like, I wanted to have this baby because I wanted someone that I shared blood with. And Sydney's just like, what the hell are you talking about? It's so, <laughs> like, yeah. what? And Madison says, yeah, I was adopted, you know, like super casual, which of course, you know, she just went through again, a really traumatic situation. So, you know, anything's kind of casual at this point because she's hurting so badly. But yeah, it was kind of a jarring scene, and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." Yeah, and again, the dialogue here. Yeah, not good. It's it's almost it's almost like the movie was written at a different pace mm-hmm. than that the than the movie ended up being at that pace, and it wasn't like adjusted. But or or it's or it's on purpose, and it's supposed to be campy like that. Yeah. But again, at times. <laughs> You can't be campy and just be like, oh, no, it's not bad. It's campy. Sometimes it's still bad. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, after that goes on, um, a very traumatic 24 hours for our main character. Um, we get a scene at the Seattle Underground where this uh, woman is giving a tour of, I guess, the histories and origins of the town of Seattle, Washington. Mm-hmm. Sure. Why not? Um, the underground. <laughs> um, and while it's going on, the the killer, uh, this again, this cloaked figure, we don't know who it is, um, ends up kidnapping this woman. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, are we doing just like a, a kill just to establish the character or something like that? How is it tied into it? The character is revealed to be tied into it later on in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely comes out of nowhere and definitely feels disjointed from the rest of the main story that is originally being told. Yeah, I agree. And I think, though, it was a good scene because there was some good suspense. The woman is, you know, locking everything up, turning off all the lights, getting ready to getting ready to go home, and she hears a noise kind of in the tunnel, which is just creepy in itself because I would not want to be there at all, even on a tour. It just seems really creepy. Um, and so there's a good scene of suspense there, but... Um, we get finally our first, our first uh, uh, inclusion of a weird rock horror version of "Where Is My Mind" by the Pixies. <sighs> Which again, I don't know if it's terrible or it's great. I don't know. I I was um, the funny thing about that song is that like there was a long time uh, an event that emo night, one of the the big yeah. popular traveling. Um, groups do and you know they host these these throwback nights where you all listen to popular songs from when we were in high school and middle school and all american rejects performed and they covered like the first minute of where's my mind and mm-hmm. that whole and tyson ridge is going like Ooh, i'm not gonna do it you know but you know the the the, the humming and the and that goes on in in where's my mind mm-hmm. <laughs> just to hear that and i'm like what is like that like took me out i was like wait a minute what is this this is weird this is yeah. i don't understand anything going on right now in this movie um but yeah that that happens and then like right after that we get the 
Another the, kill. Right. But this is like, this is the coolest part of the movie for me at this point because mm-hmm. uh, Madison's at home and she has this vision and we get all these awesome special effects where the room around her dissolves um, at multiple parts throughout the movie, which is super, super cool. I love the way that this is done. Gave me like Stranger Things vibes with like the mm-hmm. upside down and stuff like that. Um, but uh, you realize that uh, the killer, who now we can more or less assume is this Gabriel person from the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie, um, has broken into the house of Dr. Weaver, uh, who of course is Florence Weaver from the beginning of the movie. And um, it's very uh, it's very strange because like Florence Weaver it does not appear to have any clue what's going on, which is which is how we felt probably. We were like, we don't know what's going on. <laughs> Yeah, and he calls her on the phone also, and then, of course, drops the line, it's time to cut out the cancer, which kind of clues her in of like, oh, this has to be someone connected to Gabriel, but I still don't think she's, you know, convinced that it is him, because she thought she cut out the cancer. Yeah. (laughs) I like, she could have been like, oh, no, and you could have gotten like a, like a a surprise, like, look on her face, like, Gabriel's Mm -hmm. alive. But like, she's also just like, Hmm. Okay. That's not possible. Yeah. yeah like I'm, I'm very confused here. Um, but she has the vision of, of this killer who we assume at this point is Gabriel mm-hmm. breaking into her house, attacking her. Um, and we get not only a very gory kill, um, and the blood is interesting. In this movie, the, the blood effects are something, mm-hmm. um, they're very sensationalized. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, the, I don't know the technical term for it. I'll have to look it up. But the the doctor, you know, when you're going to a doctor's office, you see the, the, the th- what's it called? You know what it's called? Mm-mm. I don't know what you mean. It, uh, like the Hippo, Hippocratic Oath, I think. I'm going to, if you can hear my keyboard, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, no, the Hippocratic Oath is, is the medical text that, that people swear to. But it's like the symbol of that. I can't. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure. It's called... We're not doctors. We're just writers. Caduceus, yeah. maybe. I think it's Caduceus, but it's like you know the angel wings with the. I think they're snakes that that dual wrap around the the middle of it. His weapon, basically, mm-hmm. is what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sitting on a stand, I guess, as an award that she received or something like that. And yeah, yeah it's called the Caduceus symbol. There I we see go. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's his his murder weapon for the rest of the movie, which is very interesting. I don't. Um, I didn't mind it. I thought it was pretty cool and pretty unique. Um, mm-hmm. And he, uh, he he murders her in a very graphic way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, like you said, Madison is seeing, you know, this vision of it all happening as if she's there, which I think is, is a good, you know, clue in that, okay, she's connected to Gabriel somehow. Is it because he attacked her and then, like, latched onto her, maybe? We've definitely seen stuff like that in in horror movies before. Um, We don't know yet. But we do, after this, um, the detectives come to Dr. Weaver's home again. um, And, you know, they investigate. We realize that uh, Dr. Weaver at that hospital, she was in child reconstructive surgery, which is interesting kind of gives you more of an idea of why Gabriel was this creature-looking thing. Um, And we find out something else of how Dr. Weaver is connected to Madison, but we don't find out until a little bit later. Right. Um, And yeah, while this is going on, um, Madison and Sydney 
go home to, you know, uh, Madison's adopted mother's home, like their their home, mm-hmm. and you know, there's a, a bit more exposition there when explaining how uh, Madison ended up getting adopted and stuff like that, and how they became part of their family, and like th- this whole part, it might be getting out of order, but I mean, the <laughs> whole out of order. yeah, watching the home videotapes of her. Um, in this movie are so funny because I'm just like when they're played and they're shown to like start to connect the pieces in the plot of this movie which mm-hmm. even so connecting everything the twist still does it's not you still are not prepared for the twist yeah which is really cool Um, but like it's creepy as hell that you know uh, Kid Madison is just like talking to somebody and like obviously yeah. kids have like imaginary friends when they're younger but like, if I like if I, I'm putting myself in the parents' shoes, right? Mm-hmm. Like if we're the parents and our kids doing that, I'm just like, no, thank you. Oh, okay. Um, so, Therapy. Some, something might be up. Just you know something. Um, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> again, it's the dialogue really that continues to to be a point in this movie as they continue to do this type of stuff. But. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, uh, and the stuff that that accelerates the plot a lot is this Gabriel person we think uh, mm-hmm. going on a, a murder spree basically, and it looks like he's targeting the doctors that that took care of him um, mm-hmm. back when he was in that uh, hospital or whatever, whatever they call it. Because also like that setting, that building is awesome. And also, Madison's home is awesome. The set design yeah. of the movie was fantastic. I agree, yeah. And I think one of the one of the most gory uh, kills, I believe it was Dr. Fields, who, like you said, uh, worked with uh, Dr. Weaver back in the 90s um, on the child reconstruction stuff. And Madison has this vision while it's happening. It's a really good scene because she wakes up. She's laying in bed, and she opens her eyes, and she's immediately in bed with this guy and she just lets out this blood curdling scream because she knows it's happening again um which i thought was awesome again just everything is very over the top but at this point i think we're accepting that um and dr fields is killed and when we see his remains it's terrible because he stabbed him all in the face and the chest and when the detectives come it's just a bloodbath it's it's great, but it's terrible. Yeah, it's uh, the gore is good. Again, like we said, some of the blood effects are very sensationalized. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. CGI or just or practical or whatever. I think it's CGI, but um, yeah, the some of the kills early on in this movie are very graphic, um, and uh, and yeah, that that ends up um, leading to um, the killer and Madison speaking to each other uh, mm-hmm. at a point in the movie. And we do finally get the reveal that this person is Gabriel, mysteriously. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know if, like, someone, uh, uh, I guess, uh, as an imposter or something like that. Is it just a name that was recognized yeah. that they use or something like that? It, it's it's definitely something. Um, and you're led to believe that Madison and this Gabriel character have some kind of ESP connection yeah. with each other somehow. Um, and that's going to be the, the thing that drives this movie home. 
Um, and while that's going on, now we go back to the house, which I got ahead of myself talking about the home movies um, that made her do bad things. Um, like there's, uh, I believe, like Madison goes into their bedroom with a knife or something like that. Yeah. Which like that's like the red. That's like the, that's the red flag. <laughs> I'm like, okay, some we we gotta go. We gotta go somewhere. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, from there um, we get uh, Madison starting to work with the detectives and try to figure things out because they. Kakoa uh, and Moss develop an interesting relationship with Madison and Sydney. Like, also, like everyone's like crushing over Kakoa in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, Sydney appears to have a crush like on it. him. Yeah. Um, but the, um, what is it? The, the cops are very suspicious of Madison. Of Madison, yeah. Because she, somehow through her visions. Uh, leads Kakoa and Moss to the body of Dr. Fields, mm-hmm. which is like, how would you know? Yeah. You know, because like, no one would be like, oh, the K- Madison and the killer are inter- interconnectedly entwined in their brains and they're, you know, they're able to communicate via ESP or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Not yeah. So they, they are immediately suspicious of her for sure. Um, but that leads to a very uh, interesting moment with the detectives and a hypnotherapist. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So this is when we're getting kind of a ton of information thrown at us. But like you said, I think the pacing is really good. Um, so we'll talk about that in a second. Let's just take our final break and we'll be right back. So, yeah, so they hire a hypnotherapist. Um, like we said, the detectives are suspicious of, of Madison and Sydney, but because they keep, you know, co-op, cooperating um they're kind of in this together uh so uh the hypnotherapist helps her remember gabriel and we kind of get a reveal here that madison um her real name is emily may before she was adopted um and gabriel was pretty much trying to keep all of emily or madison's attention um and one of the things he wanted her to do was to kill sydney before she was born um and Basically, this Gabriel person, whether or not it's a real person or imaginary friend, whatever is going on, wanted Madison all to himself, or Emily all to himself. Um, and we get a scene here, too, when uh, one of the detectives like, so you're saying the killer is your imaginary friend? And again, the dialogue, terrible. It's just spoon-feeding you at this point, but I had to laugh at that part. Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, that's where the the whole scene with the knife comes into play, with like wanting to kill her. Like the the main motive behind Gabriel is that he didn't want Emily to have this unborn sister. He was yeah. either selfish or you know you're kind of unsure of his motives yeah. exactly, but that's what he wanted to do. Um, and the the uh, you mentioned Madison's birth mother is real name Serena May, and you know at the hospital and everything like that a lot going on but mm-hmm. all while this is also going on we get another vision of um <clears throat> another kill where we get this like chase scene which mm-hmm. i was just randomly in- put into the middle of the movie i did not expect yeah. this at all but kakoa ends up chasing after the criminal uh after gabriel rather yeah and they like run through like construction sites and they end up in the sewers and there's a whole big like one-on-one like tango it's really weird but it's like i also really enjoyed it 
But yeah. There's a huge clue as well in this whole scene as well. What uh, was the clue? So, <clears throat> I mean, we'll, I'll come back to it when we get to the, the reveal, the twist, and everything like that. Okay. I honestly love that scene, and I forgot about it, just because it was a good, like, chase scene. You didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, because, like, Madison, wh- wh- uh, while Gabriel is there and kills the person in the, in the I believe, in the bathroom of the apartment, uh, mm-hmm. Kakoa is going to investigate it and see if he can catch the killer or whatever. And while doing so, Madison is having the visions of everything going on, and she's standing in the bathroom screaming, like, Kakoa, he's still there, he's still there. Yeah. And then that's mm-hmm. how everything ex- uh, kicks off with the, the whole chase scene, the whole fight scene. But uh, super random, but also super cool. I really enjoyed this as well. Yeah, I really liked it. And I think we went a little bit out of order. I jumped the gun with the hypnotherapist. Um, I believe the hypnotherapist happens right after that. Um, And then there's even another huge scene in that when they're all at Madison's. um, Oh, yes. a woman crashes down from from you know upstairs um and it's the the woman from the seattle underground tour she falls from madison's ceiling and of course this just makes madison the prime uh suspect here in all the murders it's it's wild um because yeah the final kill was dr gregory we definitely got a little bit out of order but dr gregory was the the final one where Mm -hmm. madison is in the bathroom where kakoa gets the, the whole chasing underway and like you don't know if Kukoa is going to die right there but yeah. um, that leads to the full suspicions that Madison is the one and they go to her house and while all this is going on at a couple other parts in the movie Gabriel is uh, obviously kidnapped this woman from the, from the beginning of the Seattle mm-hmm. Underground tour and she's like tied up in somewhere you don't know where she is and she's trying to escape and everything like that and once Gabriel is out and she is like, okay, now my time to get out of here. She starts crawling, she starts crawling, and she falls through the floor. Mm-hmm. And while this is going, you're like, oh, crap, where's she going? And she falls right through the floor yeah. into okay. Madison's living room. And at that point, me and my girlfriend both go, whoa. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> in, in like together, like echoing each other. It was crazy, a crazy reveal. Yes, I agree. And yeah, it was really crazy. I mean, it just kind of, I guess, is trying to show you how Madison is not really in a good state of mind. You know, this person was kidnapped in her home and she didn't know. But also part of me is like, she was like trying to scream and escape. Wouldn't someone hear that? I don't know. It's a movie. Um, But of course, Madison realizes that Gabriel was staying in her house, which is extremely creepy. Very creepy. Um and yeah, you're like, okay, is is Madison gonna be pinned as the killer? Has Gabriel like gotten his revenge by mm-hmm. driving her, I guess, crazy and and you know framing her for like kidnapping and murdering all these doctors that you know were I guess treating him years ago, like kind of like Invisible Man a little bit. Um, yeah. But uh, that's not a spoiler. Just <laughs> as for for clarification, I said I wasn't gonna spoil the movie. Not a spoiler, mm-hmm. but. Um, yeah, my jaw dropped. I was like, James Wan, you son of a bitch, you've done it again. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. But yeah, so now, uh, Madison is a suspect. She's arrested and she's put, you know, in a jail cell for the time being. And while she's there, um, Sydney, she decides she's going to try to figure out, you know, this whole Gabriel thing, because of course she believes Madison, she's on her side. 
Um, so she decides to go out to the Simeon Research Hospital after calling a few people, the adoption services and everything like that, and getting kind of a dead end. Um, she goes to the research hospital, which is now abandoned because it's, you know, 27 years later. Um, and in, you know, so many, so many words, she basically figures out that Gabriel uh, was Madison's twin who was living in her body as a teratoma, so a, a tumor, um, and just, you know, a very, a very developed tumor than you would see kind of in real life. Yes, um, and this continues to further along the giant twist in the movie here because, yeah. you know, you're like, okay, is Gabriel torturing Madison as a person outside and just framing her for all this stuff? Mm-hmm. Is Madison crazy and she's not, you know, she's not who she says she is when she's having these visions? She's like, you know, being possessed to do these types of things, mm-hmm. something along those lines. But, yeah, I mean... This this whole reveal because while that is going on in there, and Sydney is looking for the information on uh, Madison slash Emily's upbringing and her childhood, uh, Moss and Kakoa are interviewing or interviewing interrogating. <laughs> like so, <laughs> um, yeah, interrogating her uh, at the the police station, and mm-hmm. there's like this awesome scene where she's like Gabriel's here. It gets super dark in there, and mm-hmm. and both of them start talking to Gabriel, and that seems super creepy. Loved all that. As soon as the mom falls through the floor, um, yeah, then it's like zero to hundred. Yeah, and I loved everything from that on in this movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, don't care, dialogue, be damned, whatever. <laughs> this movie's great. Um, so we, like, you're really unsure if Gabriel exists in yeah in whatever manner until Sydney finds out this bit about the teratoma which relates to the it's time to cut out the cancer line at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. and uh, after the interrogation Madison is put in a jail cell and this whole crazy reveal of her being uh, a kid at the at the research hospital and her sitting in the jail cell gets this whole big transformation that indeed Gabriel is part of Madison slash Emily, and it you're it's it's original, and yeah, it's super unique. <laughs> it's crazy, and it's all I guess, uh, kind of uh, spurred on by the fact that all the other inmates in the cell with her in the holding cell are like bullying her and just Apples, like yeah. yeah and like bullying her and uh assaulting her and like attacking and that awakens Gabriel and this whole transformation happens and it's awesome I love this this is so cool it was crazy yeah so like you said as this is going on we kind of figure out everything about Gabriel Madison um from Sydney we see that you know uh there was Gabriel was kind of like an underdeveloped baby child just living on the back of Madison's head um and they were able to cut him out but um his part of his brain was still there so they were like all right I guess they were like screw it this is as best as we can do (laughs) hopefully she has a good life um and yeah for most of Madison's life Gabriel was you know dormant not really doing anything um but I guess it was suggested I don't think it was really confirmed but kind of when Derek hit her and hit her against the wall, right. and hit her head, 
that it awoke, it woke up Gabriel and he was back. Um, and then since then, yeah, he's been the ones doing all the killing from Madison's body. Yeah, and and while this transformation is going on, mm-hmm. it, the the hint and the clue that I was talking about in the chase scene, I'm like, aha, I picked up on that during my viewing, um, because when Kakoa is fighting Gabriel in the sewer, all of Gabriel's movements are backwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which you're like, that's weird. Like, is he just what a? The hell? Just, obviously, he's like a very creepy looking creature to begin with. You don't know exactly what he fully looks like because yeah, of, you know the the silhouette covering him in the beginning but um you know this this character is running backwards and doing all of their movements backwards so it's it's very strange during that moment but the transformation of madison slash emily into gabriel in the jail cell is so sick and we get this just mass murder kind of like john wick-esque scene where gabriel just goes to town and kills everybody in the jail cell in an extremely gory fashion and i loved everything about this yeah it was crazy it was very um well choreographed um you can tell you know this person living in madison's body is you know has like super strength different abilities um so it's really cool just a cool scene to watch and yeah lots of kills lots of gore original kills um just a really really great scene yeah, um, and, th- you know, that out of the jail cell starts attacking more and more cops, and I had to, like, check myself a little bit during this, because I'm just, like, smiling and enjoying this, <laughs> that this entire whole scene, just, like, this is <gasps> just... What's wrong with me? It's, like, in, no, it's, like, entertaining, you know? I was, yeah. like, this is this movie's gone... It's jumped the shark, and yes. I, I was, like, do it, do it. <laughs> you know, like, Emperor Palpatine or something. <laughs> but um, there's parts in the whole cop scene where... There are definitely moments where the cops could have just, you know, killed Gabriel and that would be the end of it. But, you mm-hmm. know, just happens to evade or, or get out of the way or, you know, take down the person that was trying to kill him. Um, and in doing so, Regina Moss gets injured. Um, I believe Kokoa does as well. But, like, Gabriel, yeah. like, flings a chair halfway across, across the precinct, which is, like, wild. But um, that whole that whole jail slash police precinct scene was awesome it, it's super cool super original did not expect it whatsoever and mm-hmm. gabriel's reveal is creepy as hell he's a scary looking character um and the whole possession of madison is is very well done yeah i agree it's crazy and then there's a little bit more left there's still another kind of twist or not a twist but a reveal um when basically gabriel wants to go to the hospital he wants to go and assume presumably you know kill uh the woman from the underground tour um and while he's there um while he and madison are there uh sydney appears too and it's revealed that um the woman from the underground tour is actually madison's real mom right Serena. i don't really know how i feel about it i guess it was just motive for gabriel but i felt like it was just like all right it's the end of the movie. I don't really care. Yeah. I mean, the whole, like, connecting it and making... It made so much more sense now, because when you go back and rewatch the movie, now you're like, okay, Madison and Gabriel are the same person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it makes sense why Gabriel was able to kidnap her and put her in Madison's house upstairs. You know, they're the same. Yeah. They're using the same body. So, 
Gabriel's clearly not happy with with how his life turned out, <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, the it's it is what it is, you know. But um, this whole um, twist and everything like that is predicated on the fact that you know you think that Madison is gone forever and Gabriel has taken full control of of Madison's body and he's now the one operating, um, but. The one thing that like bring her, brings her back is the reveal that the reason why Madison was unable to uh, to give birth and carry a baby was because Gabriel was eating the babies, and that's how he was staying alive. Which is like yeah. that. So eating her current, the one that she had in the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. in conjunction with Derek being a piece of shit and shoving her against the wall and cracking her head open caused all this to happen so take that for what you will again this movie jumps the shark crazy in a crazy fashion um but while that's going on you know we get the whole idea that gabriel wins uh he kills not only the mother but he also kills sydney very gory very graphic um seen here in the hospital room Mm -hmm. but aha final twist um instead of it being gabriel madison was the one who's able to get control again through willpower I guess. Yeah, I think like just the Sydney being like he was feeding on your babies just triggered her and was like, oh fuck no, and just came back to. I guess maybe sure, sure. Um, but yeah, in the same way that Madison would have the visions of Gabriel killing the the doctors in the in the middle part of the movie, the walls disintegrate around her. I love this effect. I thought this was really mm-hmm. cool. Um, and they uh, they vanquish. Uh, Gabriel for good. He crawls back into Madison's head. Yeah. Skull, brain, whatever. And, uh, you know, the two sisters embrace each other and uh, happy ending. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about the ending. I mean, it was very convenient. Like, Madison's just like, all right, well, if he comes back, I'll just deal with it then. It's fine now. Yeah, but is it... (laughs) Like, is it, though, like... I don't know. Like, Madison, like, you're more or less, like, you know, you're the body that ended up killing three people. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, you weren't in the right mindset. You were you were taken over by somebody. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, I also don't know how they would have, like, they would have had to kill her, more or less, and just been like, okay, well, for Gabriel to die, Madison yeah, has to die. to die. Yeah. Um... But who knows? I mean, the second one could be like Madison and Gabriel work together to, to vanquish another evil. Like, you know, the enemy, my enemy is my friend, I guess. I don't know. And like Madison turns into like some kind of super soldier and is just <laughs> able to harness the power of Gabriel. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, the, the ending is, is weird. The whole movie is weird. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, again, I don't know how I would score it. I still feel very conflicted so do i i feel like if you throw out the fact that it's a lot of it is unrealistic and i don't mean the gabriel thing because like duh Duh. like horror movies are unrealistic at times but just the fact that she was able to live with this thing in the back of her head and everything like that if we're just throwing out all you know logic then i think it's a decent movie i would say but there are just some things that I'm like, I can't get past in my head of like, okay, that could never happen. 
<laughs> and I don't mean the supernatural stuff. I mean like the actual logical stuff. Yeah, it's like um, like Game of Thrones season eight when Danny gets attacked, <laughs> and and the writers are just like, well, Danny kind of forgot about yeah. what was going on, and I'm like, okay, you can go screw yourself. Like I don't believe yeah. you at all. But like this movie definitely requires you to have your suspension of disbelief engaged. Yeah, and for me. The twist brought it back mm-hmm. with how I was just like, this is bad for the first half of the movie. I was like, this is not a good movie. I don't know what I'm watching. Um, to do exactly what it did and to go from, you know, psychological, supernatural horror thriller in the first mm-hmm. half to bloody action, gory killer movie at the end of it was one hell of a twist. And I think he pulled it off. I. I I, I love the twist. I like. I wasn't scared at all at any point in this movie, yeah. which also kind of sucked. So, I don't know. Like the first half, I'd probably give like a two, <laughs> and like the second half, I'd probably give like a six. I was gonna say I think overall I would give it a six. But I really liked the second half too. So maybe... <laughs> there are elements like the story is really good. There are scenes that are really good. I do like the campy, it's bad, you know, thing. But sometimes it's just bad. Yeah. The mo- I think for anyone listening who's going to either watch it for the first time or is listening to our review, I think the movie definitely deserves a second watch. Yeah. Um, knowing what you know after watching it, I'm sure it probably is more enjoyable and there's probably more things to pick up on. It's definitely one of those types of movies. Um, but the... I don't know. Some of the dialogue, like we said, is just, it's painful. It's like, you know, scratching your nails on a chalkboard painful. Yeah. And it's just like, it really is borderline. Like, this is so fun, but is it too silly and outrageous? Right. Like, the campiness, the campiness doesn't alleviate any, like, I didn't laugh really. Like, there was no, like, campy humor in it, you know? No. Like, Evil Dead has its funny bits. Same with Cabin in the Woods. This doesn't really ease off of the, like, trying to be unsettling tension throughout the entire mm-hmm. movie. And, like, if it tries to do it at all, it's, like, this whole idea that Kakoa is, like, the hottest guy on Earth. Which <laughs> was, like, very strange to me that this was just in the movie. Um, but, yeah. like, you didn't have to do that for me to like Kakoa and, uh, and Moss. I liked both of them together as the... The, the two main cops in the movie trying to solve the, the mystery of, of this Gabriel slash Madison murder spree. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. a, f- a five. Maybe just a five. It's not bad. It's not great. I, I think I'd go with the six. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's tough. No reason to back it up. It's really tough. It's like, uh, I also think I saw someone, it was either a review or something like that on one of the, the main sites had said like, this is like James Wan's like homage to Italian horror. Uh, and I'm not mm-hmm. very uh, well versed in Italian horror. I think Suspiria is like the only one that I've seen. Yeah, I've heard that too. And I remember it was kind of like when it was coming out, people were comparing it to Italian horror. Which I could kind of see, because some of, like, the 70s Italian horror dialogue's terrible. It's, like, a good, bad movie. Right. 
but I don't know if this is a good bad movie. It's just kind of it's there. It's it, crazy. It's it's harder to make a good bad movie than it is to make a good movie. Yeah. De- yeah def- definitely harder. Um yeah. but you know, you know me, just avid filmmaker. Um <laughs> but the You know from experience. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, you and I just directed it and produced a ton of movies. <laughs> so sometimes even acted in them, you know, just <laughs> on the set doing anything and everything. But yeah, um what I like I think I would if like I was just hanging out with a bunch of friends who hadn't seen the movie and like you want to watch this like I think I would recommend it to people. Like, I feel like people need to watch this movie. Mhm. Just to ex- yeah. just to experience it. And I did see like people were saying and I think you kind of said it in the beginning of our, our our review that people will be talking about it for a few years. Yeah, just because it's absurd. I, th- I think it's it, it's a movie that'll um, that'll age well. We'll it's, find out. I, I don't know, but I mean, you know, we have to ask ourselves five years from now if that movie aged well. <laughs> yeah, because like, um, I can't remember what I was. Uh, I was listening to a wrestling podcast, <laughs> and one of the wrestlers had uh, mentioned how, you know. The Thing was a movie that people hated when it first came out, and now The Thing is one of the best movies. Have you? Did you watch it, by the way? You've seen it. You, after, yeah, I watched it okay. after you told me. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. You like just liked it? Didn't love it? I really liked it. I don't know if I would say <laughs> love it. I mean, I... Okay, well, I'll come back to that. But, um, yeah, it was, you know, it's a movie that tanked, and people didn't like it when it first came out, but today it's... Yeah, like a know, cult movie. Cult classic. That's the word I was looking for before, Scott Derrickson. Cult favorite. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Not Indie but... Darling. I don't know where I got that from. I hope people made it to the end of the podcast for me to correct myself there. <laughs> I mean, you said, like, not Indie Darling, but... But something. And something. Cult, cult following was the word. Yeah. I was trying to put those words together in my brain at the time. Um, but, yeah, I think maybe this movie has a chance to also go down that route. Because, mm-hmm. like, James Wan will be a popular name, whether it comes to, like people wanting to get into horror years from now and they'd be like, okay, cool, I'm going to watch Insidious, I'm going to watch The Conjuring and they're going to be like, oh, Malignant, what is this about? And they're going to watch it and they're like, this is very different. Yeah, yeah. We have to appreciate just how original it is. Definitely. Most original horror movie twist I've seen in a very long time. Since Cabin in the Woods, I want to say. Maybe? Invisible Man has a twist. It does. Yeah, but it's not that. Right. It's not absurd. Yeah. No. This is this again. Jump the. Sh- I've never used the term "jump the shark" before in like a serious setting, but and now you're saying it twenty times. I. This. This is the episode. Yeah. Um. Also, going back to what you said about really liking the thing, right? Yeah. I know for a fact that you know this is a preview and of what's to come, probably next week or the week after that. But our review of Midnight Mass. Yeah, I've never heard you talk about a show that much. And when you like say you love something, I know it's really good because you're very apprehensive when it comes to saying you like it or you didn't like it or when you yeah. lo- when you love something. I know for a fact that's good. So I'm super excited to watch that show. Yes, I do really love Midnight Mass. I've watched. I you know had to write about it for work, so I've watched most of the episodes multiple times. And yeah, yeah, I, I would love. I would love to talk to James Wan about this movie and pick his thoughts on it. And also just uh, the cast as well in terms of, you know, the twist to them and how, you know, at times with movies, twists and reveals aren't 
relayed in scripts and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I believe with like Endgame, people got like five different versions of the script, mm-hmm. so nobody knew That's how the movie end. was going to end because everyone knows Tom Holland is just can't keep his mouth shut and just leaks everything, right? <laughs> so, and Mark Ruffalo too was in trouble yeah, for that. Mark. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely an interesting movie and a movie that's worth analyzing a bunch. Yeah, I definitely appreciate it, even if I don't think it's the best movie I've seen. For sure. I think when we do our favorite horror movies of the year, it'll definitely come in somewhere, but not... uh, Honorable mention. No, I think it'll be on the list. Um, But, you know, it's just not going to be number one because Halloween Kills comes out in two weeks. (laughs) I'm excited for that. Me too, me too. So, overall grade... Five from me, a six from you. Fair fair enough. Cool. So, yeah, thanks to everyone for listening. Definitely let us know what you thought about this movie because some people really loved it. Some people really hated it. I'm in the middle per usual. Max is in the middle again. So, yeah, definitely let us know if you feel strongly about Malignant either way. Let let me me leave one final point. Yeah. What you said about people either loved it or they hated it. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. For cult status. That means people are talking about it. That's a good thing. You never want to be the person that nobody talks about. You want to be the person, <coughs> or the movie, sorry. You want to be the movie that, <laughs> um, you know, is either people hated it or people loved it. And that way you mm-hmm. get a ton of discussion and that'll, uh, you know, probably help it become a cult status movie. I agree. So, yep, like I said, let us know definitely what you thought about this movie. And we'll be back next week for another review. May it be Midnight Mass, maybe American Horror Story, maybe something else. Um, We'll see. So thanks for listening. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.